When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for tapping on our conversation with Mel C, Sporty Spice. It's been 25 years of the Spice Girls, and we have a lot to discuss. Their past, their present, and their future. Please subscribe to our podcast, share it with those you care about, and yeah, get ready to have a good, informative time. Mel C is really something. She's incredibly special. We talk about little mix and boy bands and really so much. It is chock full of information, including a lot on Victoria Beckham. Anyway, I got to tell you about deals. We all love a great deal, don't we? Like savings, markdowns, and lunch specials. But when it comes to car insurance, you should know that the right place to go is an easy choice. It's State Farm. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates for your ride. Your friends, they don't have to have special connections or even call it a favor. State Farm has options for everyone, like insuring your ride and your home, getting you great rates on both. Why are these such surprisingly great rates? It's what you get from them. Coverage that meets your needs because insurance shouldn't put a hole in your wallet. Those good neighbors are in your corner. No promo codes, no waiting around for holiday deals, and no sales section. State Farm fits your life at a price that fits your budget. So when friends ask where to go for surprisingly great rates, tell them State Farm, because like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. And please enjoy our conversation with Mel C, because she has a lot to say. Hi, beautiful human. I'm Zach. That is Dan. Yep. And we welcome to the studio, Mel C. Woo-hoo! Sporty Spice. Is that even a title you go by? Like if somebody yells that to you, will you stop? Or are you real name only? Okay. I, <laughs> you know what? I, it's funny, isn't it? Because I kind of have all of these titles that people know me by. <laughs> and I think the interesting thing about the Spice Girls nicknames is that here in the U.S., People know us so much better by our nicknames. Totally, yeah. In fact, some of us people are like, what's her name again? I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. But when I told everybody you were coming on, Which one is that? I needed to make it clear. <laughs> yeah. Sporty Spice. Yeah. Which is cool because it's not, we didn't present ourselves as these people, as these names yeah. originally. It was a magazine, Top of the Pops magazine. It was a huge show in the UK and they have a magazine and they gave us these nicknames and they just completely stuck. And we loved it. And I think the great thing about being a Spice Girl, obviously we really celebrate our individuality. And this almost enabled us to have these caricatures yeah. of ourselves and we just really played up to it. By the way, you we, we were talking before about this show has been home to so many incredible artists and quite frankly they're artists that are walking on a path that you and those girls who made up the Spice Girls really created and allowed them to walk down and I mean that in so many different ways one obviously in pop and discovering sounds and hooks etc but primarily when it comes to female empowerment and saying something that was never said before is that accurate like obviously there was so much more to the Spice Girls, but there was something to owning your individual self yeah. and owning the fact that you're a female. But then, like, it obviously got bigger to the point where I'm not a female, but I was empowered to just be myself. Yeah, totally. It was like this evolution. When we started, we we wanted to be a pop group. You know, we wanted to make music, yeah. we wanted to travel, we wanted to get on stage, we wanted to be famous. You know, we had all these, like, dreams, all of us from being kids. And then when we had this opportunity and we started to enter this world of the music industry really quickly, we were being told that girl bands don't sell. (laughs) You know, it's all about boy bands. And we were like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And we just felt quite quickly we had a point to prove. You know, we had a little bit of a mission we needed to get upon. And that's when we started screaming about girl power. And it's, you know what, we feel like in the 90s, 
It was like feminism, but we made it more palatable for younger people to understand. A hundred percent. You know, it's like we kind of made it more mainstream. And it wasn't something we all sat down, we've got this cunning plan. We just had these experiences and we were like, F that. <laughs> we, you know, we want to go and show everybody that they're wrong. We wanted to be a girl band for girls. And quite quickly, we realized we had a huge following in the LGBTQ plus community. So then it became more than that, you know, and this beauty of us being so different to each other, not only in the way we looked, the way we presented ourselves, our personalities, but coming together and having the strength was just something that spoke to so many people. So we just feel really lucky because it was almost an accident that we had this opportunity to do something really important. And that is 100 percent accurate when you say accident, because in doing a bunch of research on the history of the Spice Girls and your history as an artist, because you obviously go on to do a bunch of your own music and it's all very close together. Like there's no real downtime. Like you really are creating, creating, creating. But you guys, you answer an ad. Hundreds of girls also answer the same ad. They find y'all. And you leave this management company mm -hmm. pretty quickly <laughs> yeah. because to what you said, you realize that they're forcing you into something that is not accurate and not who you are and not what the people want. Yeah. You know what? For us, it was just very instinctive. And I think there was a few lineup changes. I wasn't in the original lineup of the girl band that was auditioned. Wow. It's funny because people talk about, oh, you know, the Spice Girl or the Spice Girl that could have been in the band. And it's like, no, no, no. The Spice Girls didn't begin until the final member, who we all know, you know, <laughs> yeah. became part of the band because that's when the dynamic and the energy... Actually happened. It just went boom, yeah. And we were like, okay, we've got something really special here. And that's when we found this strength that we thought, you know what, you know, these guys have been wonderful. We can't take anything away from the original management because they had this vision, you know. They found us and they put us together. But we were like, we don't really like, you know, the, the road they're taking us down. And it's so funny because I think we were with them for less than a year. Yeah, but you don't even release an album with them, right? Yeah, we did. We did nothing with them. We, we like rehearsed. We did choreo. We did vocal coaching. Really training camp. We were in a training camp, yeah. And, you know, in those days, it was all behind the scenes. So you were able to do all of this in private, whereas now these are TV shows and mm -hmm. all over social totally. media, you know. So we had the opportunity. And then we, I mean, we were... We were pretty naughty, come to think of it. I mean, we have, we've rebuilt all of these relationships, you know. We're still very friendly with our original management and a lot of water's gone under the bridge. But we kind of, we got them into doing, or paying for a showcase, basically. Because we were frustrated. We were like, within a few months, we were like, we want to be out there. We want to be doing stuff. And they were like, whoa, 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 you know, you need a little bit of time. You need to develop. And we were like, no, no, no. We've had enough time. We want to get out there. So we did this showcase and we met writers and producers and publishers and then we'd already planned our exit. Whoa. That's goosebumps. <laughs> Whose idea was it to leave? Um, I think it, it was collective, but, you know, Melanie B, Scary Spice, Jerry Halliwell, Horner now, um, Ginger Spice are probably the biggest characters in the band, you know? Together, we are super strong and we all have our different qualities. But I think, you know, if if Jerry and Melanie had an idea and the rest of us were on board, then it flew, you know? And I think that's probably how that all started. Do you think what life would have been like if you didn't take that risk and leave that management company? Because w without being forced on your own, maybe your music wouldn't have been as reflective of the reality that you all share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I kind of don't even like thinking of what <laughs> would have happened, you know, if all of these, all the roads you take in your life, you know, there's, you find these crossroads, don't you? And you think, wow, if I'd have gone that way, where would I be right now? But, so, yeah, so really grateful that what happens. But is there a through line here of listening to your inner self? Um, yeah, you know, I think sometimes as a young person, I was so driven by my gut instinct I was, you know, we're so fearless, aren't we, when, oh. we're, when we're young and ambitious. Fearless and naive, and yeah. yeah, we have nothing to lose and we just want to win. And you know what? It's kind of like, it's a beautiful mixture, <laughs> isn't it? It can yeah. create incredible things. And, you know, times that by five, and yeah. five people who, although they're super different, have a very similar vision. Totally. You mm -hmm. know, it was like unstoppable. And I feel really grateful that, I, you know, I am one of the Spice Girls because I think as a solo artist, you know, it's given me that opportunity. And also... As an individual, 
I can be quite shy. You know, I'm quite laid back. I'm quite a good girl. I often do as I'm told. <laughs> and so without the other girls like kind of egging me on to, to be a bit more rebellious, then, you know, maybe I never would have had a, a career in music at all. Being pushed out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Being pushed to be your best version of yourself yeah. and you're pushing each other. Yeah, absolutely. So are you surprised that today, 25 years post Spice Girls, that nobody has even come close to reaching the success and the bar that y'all set? Oh, you know, it's it's such a strange thing, isn't it? Because music continues to evolve, not only stylistically, but the way we listen to it, the way that it's made. Yeah. You know, celebrity culture is something so different to what it was in the 90s. And I think it would be kind of impossible to replicate what the Spice Girls did. Totally. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there are bands out there who are killing it and have had huge success. But I think just that mixture of, you know, the timing of everything mm. and that individuality and bringing people together and the the message, whether it be girl power, people power, equality, you know, fighting to be yourself, um, that it, it's hard to get all of those ingredients again. Yeah, do you think those values are representative music? Because in some cases, like K-pop and the groups that exist there... They take on missions, and a band like BTS create art that is very reflective of the reality that their audience experiences in a similar way to what the Spice Girls did. But in in the same way of, like, it's not forced, it was really just who they are, it is who they are. Is that the next generation of what that was to a certain degree? I suppose in a way. You know, I think, like, with everything, I kind of... It's making me think about that collaborative experience in a studio, right? Uh. When you're when you're writing a song and you look back to all of the artists you listen to, and I love to work with young people because they have very different influences. They can listen to some old music, you know, some older artists that really inspire them, but they've got a really just a different view on everything, and I think that coming together creates something unique. And I think it's the same, you know, with a band. You're right. The, the life is different. Yes. My daughter's 12 and she says, Mum, you don't understand what life is like for me. And it's like, I'll never understand what life is like for a 12-year-old in, in 2021. You know what I mean? It's like, is that what year we're in? I don't even know what year it is anymore. <laughs> I'm so confused. But it's like, sure. you know, I think, yeah, you take all of these things, don't you? And they influence you in a certain way, but then you get influenced by something else. And it, that's how, you know, that's how we evolve and grow. Can I ask, what, what influenced you guys when you were first coming together? Like when you guys first had the conversation, you were first put together, like who was influencing us? Okay, so it was the 90s. Yes. We were kind of in a time music-wise where dance music was really breaking through into the mainstream, like the late 80s, the early 90s. We'd grown up, all of us, listening to our parents' music like we all do. You know, there was loads of Beatles influences. Um, Personally, myself and Emma, we love Motown. But then as we got into our teen years, myself and Jerry were huge Madonna fans. You know, she obviously is so influential to all women my age. Um, but there was a real mix. We loved TLC. Mm-hmm. They were kind of the girl band of the moment. You know, we really looked up to them. And then I got to work with Lisa Lefty Lopez on my first seller record, which was incredible. So, yeah, we had quite an eclectic mix of music that we all came, you know, our backgrounds. We... Um, you know, some of us really love musical theatre, you know, so there's a bit of theatrics within the Spice Girls as well. Jerry loves a bit of Shirley Bassey. So, you know, it was a real mad mix. And I think that's what helped create the sound. Was the studio packed with you guys every time? How did, what was the creative process like? Because you guys have writing credit on all of the records pretty much, yes? Yeah. Yeah, that's true, actually. I think every single Spice Girls song, which is, which in- is a, an original song, has all five Spice Girls writing credit, yeah. You know how rare that is? Incredibly <laughs> rare. Like, stupid rare. Like, to the point where groups today, you're lucky if there's one or two members that have credit. Hey, you know what's, like, really interesting? Because I do continue to make music. And oh, yeah. and I love, like, listening to artists and kind of looking at the credits, you know, seeing who the writers are, seeing who the producers are. And it's amazing how the teams have grown. <laughs> You, you know, get 20 like, people on a record. Yeah, it's nuts. But, you know, we always say it doesn't matter how many people it takes to make that great record. You know, you just want a great record. But what's funny with the Spice Girls, so there was us five. And then we often worked with, like, production teams like Matt and Beer for Absolute. And, yeah, it was us girls. And 
other writers and producers in the room, but it was it was literally like a, a bit of a two-way street, really. Mm. I think it was the energy and enthusiasm of the Spice Girls, and then we learned the craft from people who really knew what they were doing. That's it. <laughs> when do you feel like you really learned how to make music? Um, I don't know if you feel like you've ever really learned, mm. you know? I... Music, I can't even remember not being a part of my life. My mum's a singer. There was always people in the house rehearsing. Um, I danced a lot as a kid. So, you know, as long as, as well as listening to artists like Madonna and like the Beatles and, you know, Annie Lennox is another huge inspiration of mine, Dusty Springfield, lots of like great soulful female voices as well. I was listening to classical music, you know, so, and, and musical theatre. So there was all these different inspirations going on. And so it was just my way of, it was my solace at times, you know, to be in my teenage bedroom listening to music. And then when I found that love of performing, it was that way of expressing myself. And I think as well, being quite shy in some aspects, it's a way for me to be able to express myself and to feel safe and to feel strong. And yeah, and to share sides of yourself that you wouldn't naturally share in a conversation with a stranger. Mm-hmm. So when... It's a group like the Spice Girls, and it's a bunch of you, and it's the group is made up of different shades, but it's all about, yes, the, the brightness of each individual color, each individual member, but it's when they come together. That's when it becomes really incredible. Mm-hmm. So what did you learn about yourself, I mean, after you do your first album? Like, do you surprise yourself after you guys accomplish a first album after leaving a management company that literally put you all together? Uh-huh. You know what? We were kind of... We were just unstoppable. I mean, we were so single-minded. It was like nobody could tell us we were not going to achieve these dreams. And it, what was really interesting is I think as an individual, you could let that self-doubt creep in. Totally. But because we had each other's backs, we just never allowed that to happen. We were like, yeah, we're going to be the biggest band in the world. We're going to make a movie. It's going to be really <laughs> successful. You know, we're going to tour the world. And, and you know, it was really fun. And I think we, we laugh at ourselves. You know, even now, I think... When we did the shows in 2019, we did these stadium shows in the UK and Ireland. And it was a really great moment personally for me because I'm like the serious one. I'm like the one who's like cracking the whip going, come on, we need to rehearse more. We need to be better. And at the end of the day, the beauty of the Spice Girls is kind of how rubbish we are at times. You know, (laughs) there's a real kind of, we used to say like our costumes feel a little bit homemade, you know, or like, Jerry does the wrong dance step or someone sings out a tune and we kind of, and we celebrate our mistakes, you know? Yeah. And I think again, that's so appealing to not be Mm -hmm. perfect because none of us are perfect. So I really made peace with that in 2019. And I think that's what I learned is like by nature, I'm a perfectionist. I'm a failed perfectionist, but you know what? There's so much beauty in the imperfection. You have to celebrate that. That's, you know, spot on. Like being a perfectionist keeps you striving to do better, right? And to always improve, but understanding that there's beauty in the mistakes and there's a relatability in an off key performance or a misstep. Like that's what, I mean, that's what makes you feel obtainable. Perfection is scary. Where the humor lies as well you know you've got to be able to laugh at yourself we laugh at each other we laugh at ourselves and we share that it's it's part of the connection it's a very important part of a spice girl being on stage that connection with the audience is us all having a little laugh at jerry going wrong is it still (laughs) just as exciting to perform these songs today as it was you know 20 years ago do you know what it's actually better really why is that yeah because i think you know You're in that crazy moment. The 90s for us, it was a whirlwind. You're so busy, you're so exhausted, the adrenaline's pumping 24-7. And as much as we enjoyed it, and it was super exciting, you're a little bit out of your own body, you know? It's, It's hard to really be grounded and to take it all in. So when you have the chance to go back, you know, we've had this conversation a couple of times. We did a performance at the Olympics, at the closing ceremony in London 2012. And that was the first time we'd come together for a few years, a good few years. The first time we'd had social media, like Twitter was huge at that point. And we were able to see the world waiting for us. And it gave us that moment to just kind of laugh at what we had accomplished. How ridiculous that us five girls, who were a bit ramshackle, had managed to pull this thing off, right? And we're still fooling them. But um, (laughs) also in that moment, we were like, you know what, we've got, we did this like four minute medley. We're like, it's going to be over like that. So we need to take in every second, you know, look out the sights, the smells, look at each other. So we did exactly that. And I think from that moment on, I've continued to do that in all the big things I do in my in my work. 
I just take it on board and take it in. Because I think as a young person, it can just pass you by. Totally, because you're so focused on getting to the next thing. Yeah. But I get, I get goosebumps because social media gave you a new lens on the impact that you've had on culture as a whole. Mm-hmm. And bigger than just a country, but around the world. Yeah. And a new lease on what you, I'm sure you made sacrifices to accomplish what you've accomplished. Yeah. So do you feel better? Do you feel more secure? Do you feel like more fulfilled seeing that from a new lens? It's been a journey, you know. This whole thing has had its ups and downs because I think any anybody who's lucky enough to, to be in a band that has a big impact on the world, it's like it's an incredible thing. But when you're... I think these a lot of these bands have quite a, a short lifespan yeah. because it's so hectic and you're in survival mode and you can only continue in that mode for so long, right? So when that kind of stops or starts to slow down, you need to get away from it. You know, I think especially people in bands, you need to go off and think, who am I? Mm-hmm. You know, it's been your identity for such a long time. So I've had that moment and I've come through the other side and now I can really, really appreciate and embrace everything that the the Spice Girls has been in my life. I guess what it's done to other people. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's, I mean, That's that is that blows my mind. 2019, being on stage was my last experience. You know, yeah. before the pandemic, we had this moment to be Spice Girls again. And to see the audience and, you know, I go to loads of gigs and of course it's our gig, so it feels so special. But the atmosphere was like nothing else. And we played these shows in Manchester. We were playing like big soccer stadiums. And one particular night, and I mean, you know, when you're on stage, you know what it's like when you're performing, there's so much going on. You know, it's this crazy experience. I literally saw like crackles of electricity. Like my, wherever my mind and body was at that time, it was so atmospheric. I could see it. You know, it, it, I mean, that's how crazy it is. Is that something you chase to accomplish again? Uh, you know, I... I think I've done this for so long that I'm so accepting of what will be will be. Because you can have two shows and they're exactly the same and you've got a great audience, but you can feel so different inside. You know, it's such an inter- a performer is such an interesting life because nothing's ever the same, you know. But I think those shows for everybody, it just felt like a magical time. And who knew what was around the corner? You know, we had this freedom. We had fans from the 90s and we had people it felt like bringing their kids yeah. their grandkids their mums that you know it generational was such, it was it was so incredible do you think the spice girls are bigger than any one member oh gosh absolutely i mean the, i mean have i said that right the spice girls is like it's its own entity yeah. you know it's it's wonderful to be part of that but i don't kind of you know walk around going hey you know that's my gig i did that <laughs> you know it's like i'm a part of that and i feel so lucky but the thing is also it is inclusive. You know, there is the Spice Girls, the thing, right? The uh. entity. There's the five Spice Girls. But then there's all the fans. And it's without any of those parts, you haven't got the the bigger picture, you know? Totally. It's more. It's a, it's a bigger energy. It's more of a way of life. Yeah. It's a cultural practice. So, But is it hard? Is it a hard pill to swallow knowing that, like, if you chose not to take part in a reunion or even talking to us right now about the 25th anniversary greatest hits Double CDs. It's a whole thing, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Link in the description below. <laughs> It'll take you right back to the 90s. You'll get a bunch of postcards and the whole kit and caboodle. But is it a hard pill to swallow knowing that, like, the show will go on if you chose to not show up? Um, What, you mean if I decided to... If, the, if a reunion happened and, and like, cho- Sporty was like, you know what, girls, I'm not feeling it. Bye. I'm, not, I'm a bit busy. I'm yes. a bit busy right now. You got other things. How can you be too busy to do a Spice Girls reunion? I, I mean, we can have that conversation <laughs> with somebody else in the group, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, do you know what? It's it's an interesting, yeah, it's an interesting topic of conversation because for many years, I I didn't want to get back on stage with the girls because I knew Victoria Posh Spice uh. didn't want to get back on stage, you know, and she has her reasons and we completely respect that. And I was like, it's five or nothing. And then I just had a bit of a change of heart. You know, we had an offer to do this one particular show And us girls started talking and we're just in a really good place. You know, we're all mums. We've got more love and respect for each other now than we ever have had. And we were just a bit like, oh, it'd be fun, wouldn't it? You know, let's just do a few shows. Let's just see how it goes. 
And I just had a complete change of heart. And, you know, we had Victoria's blessing. She's totally with us behind the scenes. She has to approve everything. Yeah. We want her to love everything as much as we do you built when we're going together. out there. Exactly. And we hope that she'll be back on stage at some point. Is that the dream? That's the dream. That's the plan. Do you know what it will take to make that a reality? Oh, well, you know, we work on her. Like, there's lots of emotional blackmail. <laughs> no, not really. I think the thing is, the shows in 2019 were so incredible. The creative was beyond the best thing we've ever done. I think the reaction was so great. We have the rest of the world to tour. You know, we didn't get out of the UK and Ireland. And it's a big old world out there. Yeah. And lots of territories the Spice Girls didn't even get to the first time round. You know, we've been lucky enough to be here in the US. We've never got to South America, Australia, Southeast Asia, yeah. which is insane, right? <laughs> yeah. So many places to go. So hopefully that will happen. And I, I like to think what she saw and what she missed, because she did, she did feel like she missed out. I'm hoping that will bring her back. That, that gives me goosebumps. But, but the fact that you can even have this conversation because it really is a sisterhood. It's family. Yeah. And you wouldn't move forward without her. I mean... Yeah, totally. I mean, even, you know, if we do the shows, which we intend to do, you know, we want to do more reunion shows when we can. You know, when, when things are safe and everything's a lot more certain in the world, we want to get out there and do more. And... If she, if she decides she doesn't want to join us on stage, then you're right. She's with us. She's 100% with us. Creatively, she's there. You know, we run everything by her. And, um, yeah, and hopefully she'll be maybe in the wings. I mean, she wouldn't be on the wings because she knows she'd get dragged on, right? <laughs> I heard rumor that she showed up, though. Is that true? Is that she bull squash? Didn't. She, didn't. she didn't. She didn't. And I think, I think it was hard. Yeah. You know, she made the decision for her own reasons. Um, but I think it was too difficult for her to go and to, to watch and be in the audience. You have your eighth studio album. That is your, it's a solo project. Link in the description below. I, I want to dive into the music you're creating now, but also how you even got into the solo world. Because again, like those two, the two eras of like Spice Girls and your solo stuff, I mean, they were like almost merged. Yeah. So I'm assuming that there was confidence and comfortability amongst the five of you to go and explore things individually? Yeah, you know, it's something we talked about. I think we were on tour in, in 98 and both Melanie and Victoria were pregnant. So we knew at some point there would be a natural break in things, you know, they needed a little bit of time. Yeah. And we intended to continue. Jerry had left, of course. She left, gosh, earlier in that tour, in the, I think maybe the spring of 98. And, um, yeah, we, we just started talking about other opportunities. And, you know, and there were lots of reasons why, but I really felt like I wanted to have this opportunity to to express myself as an individual, you know? And the great thing about being in a band like the Spice Girls is that when you go off and, and do some solo projects, you can work with the most amazing people in the world, you <laughs> yeah. know? like Left Eye, yeah, uh, Brian you know? Adams, yeah. Casual. Uh, Rick Rubin, oh. I mean, Rick Knowles. I mean, the list is endless. I got to work um, Marius DeVries. And learn. Um, yeah, I mean, the most incredible people I worked with. And it was, you know, another part of me, you know, which maybe isn't a positive thing, but I'd been on this, like, treadmill going so quickly, it was hard to stop. Uh. And I think I was afraid to stop. So we, we came off the road, and I just went straight into the studio and started work on my first solo record. And, you know... With hindsight, maybe I should have taken a little bit more time mm. to chill and recover, but I couldn't at that time. And you know what? We can't have any regrets, can we? Mm. Because it's such an incredible album. It's something I'm very, very proud of. And it opened a lot of doors for me. We're talking about Northern Star, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, brings on great collaborations, opens a bunch of new opportunities, you, you get chart success. Yeah, a bunch of stuff comes from that. Yeah. Then obviously the Spice Girls eventually come back. Yeah. So have you thought today about ever creating new music as the Spice Girls? Like, we see icons do it every day. Uh, Elton John releases stuff. Yeah. ABBA just came back. Mm -hmm. Is this a conversation that happens? Yeah, you know, we do talk about it. And we, you know what, we're a little bit fearful. And I think it's because... Rightfully so. Yeah, you know, the, the back catalogue is so strong and so nostalgic and important to people. And culture and pop music as a whole. Oh my gosh, it's like, you know, what if you come back and the music just isn't good enough? You know, so, so that's our fear. And we always say, you know what, if something happens organically, you know, if we feel like 
this is the right time or this is the right collaboration or whatever it could be, we will do it, but we don't want to force it. You know, I think that's what the fear is. That's organic. Are there any songs from the 90s, though, that you guys still have sitting there that you could go back and maybe tweak that have your voices on and the production on it's all from the 90s? You know, what's interesting is we'd be talking about the 25th anniversary. Yeah. And like you said, there's so many formats. I mean, it's crazy. There's cassettes. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny. I This just reminds me of a funny story. So my daughter was talking about the big DVDs. Yeah. And I was like, what's a big DVD? And she actually meant a video DJ. cassette. Oh, <laughs> you know the big DVDs? Um, um, so yes, yeah, so all of these formats and some of the formats have this wonderful, it's like a, the CD, I think it's a double CD. And the, the second one has on some demos, some unreleased tracks, some like remixes. Yeah. And there's some really fun stuff in the studio of us just like messing about. You know, like when I heard it back, because we really wanted to delve into the archives, because you know what it's like with artists who've been around for a long time and yeah. the label want to repackage things and celebrate an anniversary and get it back out there, you know, remaster it. It sounds great. But we were like, you know what? We want it to be more. The fans are so amazing. We just don't want to rehash things, right? So we went into the, you know, into the studio and Biff, who's like one of our songwriters, like wannabe, um, to become one, loads of the biggie, spice up your life. And we had loads of fun just listening to all this old stuff. You know, the first two Spice records were recorded on tape. You know, it was such like, a different time. Like real time. to real or what? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a different time. You know, everything's changed. Are you nervous to sit in the studio and get everybody back together and go relive what was? Um, do you know what? I think because we've been able to, like, get on stage and do it, yeah. I think being in the studio would be fun. I think there would have been times maybe over the years where I'd be like, I can't, I don't think I can do it. But right now, I think it will be a good time. It was the right space to go back and listen to old yeah. stuff. Yeah, totally. See you next Tuesday. Mm -hmm. You've brought this up now, I believe, in two other places. <laughs> this is a Spice Girls record that mm -hmm. exists somewhere. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about the forward nature of <laughs> See You Next Tuesday. Please, <laughs> understand something. I was maybe like eight years ago, five years ago, that I learned... What see you next Tuesday even meant? <laughs> Were people saying this in the nineties, late late nineties? Yeah, it's it's a British thing, right? It's it is in the English language. It is the most offensive word that can be used. Yeah. Um. So of course, being the Spice Girls, we want to be as naughty as we possibly can. And what really makes me chuckle about the Spice Girls is, you know, we did get a little bit of flack from certain areas of the media because. Mm we wore crop tops or, you know, we, we sang about certain things. And I just look at artists today, you know, we said, talk about paving the way. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, we were so, it was so innocent. Um, maybe not this song so much, but um, yeah, it was just us being naughty and, and fun in the studio. And it was vetoed for this album. Um, but we, you know, I believe there is a place for it in the world because it's brilliant. It's so brilliant. It actually sounds like Lily Allen. Where is that place? I, well, we have to find it, right? Let's discover. <laughs> Let's find that place. How many songs like that exist that are done but have never seen the day uh, light of day? Um, well, right now we've been concentrating on Spice. So I think most of the, you know, the things in the vaults for Spice are out there. Got it. On the 25th anniversary. But of course, next year is the 25th anniversary of Spice World. <laughs> so um, the whole process starts all over again. <laughs> is, is that the plan right now? Yeah, you know, it's exciting to look forward. I think Spice, there's a beauty with Spice because it's the debut record, you know. So we were in the studio and we were experimenting. We were doing anything and everything. I mean, like Wannabe was a huge experiment. It was these incredible songwriters going, girls, just do whatever you want. Do what you feel, you know. And it was just this ridiculous song. We thought, are we ever going to release this? And thank God we did because, you know, it launched us onto the world. But then Spice World, of course, we'd been on the promotional tours all over the world we were making the movie so you know we'd learned song craft a little bit more so there mightn't be as much kind of raucous behavior delving into the you know the spice world archives it's interesting like you really learn how to craft a quality song between album one and album two so are you more confident when you go into the studio Compared to the first um, time around? You know what? I, maybe. I don't think so. I think, like we were talking about earlier, that naivety yeah. of youth, you know, and that confidence. So powerful. Yeah, just going and doing your thing. And I think, obviously, it was so successful. And you think, oh, can we do that again? 
You know, we had all of these new experiences, but, you know, does lightning strike twice? And everybody's afraid of the sophomore slump. Oh, my gosh. That difficult second album. Yeah. Ouch. You don't know what it's like. So, okay. <laughs> was Spice Up Your Life the first song you guys wrote for the album? Do you know what? I think it was. I, I think it was. If it wasn't the first, it was one of the first. Yeah. Um, by then, it, we were quite big time. Mm-hmm. And we were, like, in these fancy studios in London and um, we had some sessions in Abbey Road which was oh, amazing cool. it was so cool to get in there but yeah I remember being around the piano I mean doing piano like piano vocal of Spice Up Your Life I mean wow. would you ever and we just used to do the dance routines at the same time and it's, I think there's a bit of footage somewhere of that as well so, so yeah when you're crafting that song you started on a piano yeah and you're dancing while you're playing the piano? <laughs> yeah. And that's how so we were working with Matt Rowe okay. and Biff Richard Stanard who the guys we wrote Wanna Be With and, you know, a lot of the really big spice anthems with those guys. So they get you and you feel comfortable with them to really yeah. do whatever. Yeah. And that was, we were talking about just going around the world, experiencing all these different things and how it was incredible that, you know, Wanna Be was the song that kind of, it just spoke to so many different countries and cultures. And we wanted to talk about that beauty because we'd always wanted to travel. We wanted to be an international band and that had happened. So we wanted to celebrate that. And that's how Spice Up Your Life was born. I just, the, the thought of like that starting as an acoustic record, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> which, you know, we talked to the coolest producers and artists like of today's generation and past generation. And the through line is that all of the greatest songs ever start as acoustic songs. And if they hit acoustically, yeah. then as long as you don't overproduce it, yeah, 100%, 100%. I mean, you know, obviously there's so much great music out there. And you know, I'm a big lover of dance music. And there's some dance music where, you know, it's a, just a repetitive vocal. But, you know, that hits the spot for me. That yes. does what it needs to do. But when you're talking about a crafted pop song... It has to work on piano. It has to work on Because it's emotion. Yeah. And Your the lyrics tell a story. Most recent album is a lot of electronic and dance music. Yeah. Did that all start on the piano as well? You know, um, let me have a think, actually. Some did. Some didn't. I've seen how... I really enjoy watching how people work differently. And I like kind of experiencing that and seeing what that brings out of me. So a lot of younger writers and producers, I find, start with a beat. Mm-hmm. But mm. often... You know what? Often it is just chords, you know? Um, But the interesting thing is I have to be able to play it acoustically because it's a big part of what I do as a performer. You know, I love working acoustically. I've released a lot of the tracks off this album, my last album, acoustically. So that is important, yeah, that it works in that way. For you to make music now, this is your eighth album. (laughs) Melanie C, by the way, is the name of the album. Link in the description below. Um, Are you... Are you amazed that music still gets to be what pays the bills and you still have this opportunity and this avenue to express yourself? It hasn't always paid the bills. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? It's my absolute passion. And you know what? I I don't really want to do anything else. I mean, I do do other things because we've got to pay the bills, right? So I have loved doing theatre and I've done some TV stuff and radio stuff. But for me... Like the the absolute, the ultimate is being on stage. So in order to do that, I want to keep creating and making music that infuses me to get out there. You know, I want to stay interested. I want my fans to stay interested. So yeah, there'll always be music, you know, no matter where you are, you know, because we, I've had this incredible career and like all artists, you know, you have your peaks and troughs. Um, But yeah, but it's a good time. Melanie C, the album, Sounds weird saying my name, but my self-titled album was um, received really well. You know, it charted great in the UK, probably my best release in over a decade. So it's really nice to know you can get in there, make some great new music and people appreciate it. I wanted to ask, why eight albums in did you decide to go with a self-titled album? That is a good question, and it's a question I ask myself. (laughs) You know what? You only get one chance to do it, don't you? You're right. And so it's it's a big decision, and I I haven't really felt like it's been the right time until this album. And I think some of that is to do with being back on stage with the girls Mm. in 2019. I kind of, and a lot of what the album is inspired by is self-acceptance and really accepting all aspects of yourself, which I was able to do being Sporty Spice again. I was like, I don't become Sporty Spice. I am her, she's within me, you know? And there's been time in my life when I've, I've wanted to not be Sporty Spice. So it was just really nice to go, do you know what? 
I am always that person. And I'm a solo artist, and I'm a mum, and I'm a friend, I'm a, I'm a daughter, I'm all of these things. So that inspired me to, to just feel like this album was the true, my true self. It's interesting, like having that realization that you could be more than one thing. Yeah. You are not what society has cast you as. Mm -hmm. But it's hard when everybody around you is yelling Sporty Spice. And by the way, it's a name that was you didn't choose. <laughs> you know, it's a nickname that was essentially given to you and then yeah. adopted by probably a billion plus people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you made sportswear cool before sportswear was cool. I know, right? I mean, I, I just, I've just delved into my old wardrobe here because it's, <laughs> it's just fine. I can wear 90s clothes again. <laughs> For real. Was there a, a defining moment where you realized that, like, uh, like I don't want to be Sporty Spice or you have to rework your relationship with what this other part of you is? A hundred percent. You know, for me, I think the most difficult time for me was when I went out there and had that experience as a solo artist, I realized that it was just so fulfilling. I love being a Spice Girl, but I've been doing that for a few years and it was hard, you know, it was incredible. But aspects of that and the pressure of that is really, really difficult. So to be your own boss and do things the way you want to do without compromise was so appealing to me. And I think I had been confused about what the media had portrayed me as. I think especially in the UK, you know, we have a very critical tabloid media. Huh. And, you know, in That's the 90s... That's being really nice about it, by yeah, the way. Yeah, I mean, I still have to keep them on side. Um, no, I'm only joking. So... Yeah, they, they were brutal. They said the meanest things. I mean, when you look back over articles from the 90s, it's shocking. The language that was used, you know, because obviously times have changed, but they were so cruel at times. And there was this image built of me. And, and I think as a young person, I was so confused because I'm like, who am I? Am I who I think I am or who they think I am or who they think I should be? And there was just so many questions and I felt... I was so angry. I wanted everybody, you know, I cut my hair off, didn't I? My first solo single was a track called Going Down, which was a bit rocky. And, you know, I chopped all my hair off. I went all punky. And I think I was just like rebelling from everything that people thought of me. You know, I was like, there's more to me than being Sporty Spice. And, um, and that was exhausting, you know, and that was challenging. But all these years later, I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. You don't need to prove anything to anyone, you know? It's all good. But that's like such a healthy realization that really only comes with time. Yeah. And I can only imagine this concept of like, I mean, you're also at an age where you're still figuring out who you are as a human being. Mm -hmm. So to be told a thousand different things from every different direction. Yeah, it's tough. It's and, I, you know, I think it's really tough for young artists now. The thing I, I feel for young artists with social media being such a big part of our lives now because... I always struggled with that kind of, you know, where does your like private life end and your public life begin? Mm. And I think with social media, especially when you're young and your, you know, your label, your management, the people behind you are really encouraging you to do all of these things because it's good. You know, you, you need engagement, you know, you, you need followers, you need likes, you need all of these things. And, and it's like, I just think when you're quite young to be making those decisions, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, right? Mm. It's hard. Once it's out there, it's, it's out, there. out there. So you think it's a good thing or a bad thing that the Spice Girls didn't have social media at the height of the Spice Girls? I'm grateful we didn't. You didn't, okay. Yeah, and I'm really grateful that we didn't have mobile phones with cameras on. <laughs> Could have got yourselves in trouble, huh? <laughs> yeah, would, would you guys have been bigger with it or would it have actually held you back? That's, that's a good question. That's a good question. It was such a different time. I like to think we would have been as big. But who knows? It's or maybe it could have been more of a fad because the truth is things on the internet come and they go so yeah. quickly. I mean, everything now is so disposable. Yeah, because you you, you can get everything so instantly. So mm -hmm. you want for no more information mm -hmm. because it's instantly at your fingertips. And you know, when the Spice Girls came out, nobody had the internet. You know, we would release, we released our album in Japan before the rest of the world. And we went over there and because you could wow. you could like strategically plan and do your promo everywhere yeah. to get the best out of each territory. Now you can't. You've got it everywhere at once. Wow. Well, as someone with a lot of experience in girl group, obviously, what do you think when you see like the Jesse Nelson Little Mix thing or the Camila Fifth Harmony thing? Like obviously you kind of know what's going on behind the scenes. How do you feel when you yeah. see these stories? Well, I, I kind of, I suppose it's a bit of a trigger for me as well. You know, I kind of, I remember looking back with the One Direction boys mm -hmm. and when Zayn left and I just, and I, I felt, 
I mean, I even feel emotional thinking about it because I know what a pressure cooker it can be being in those hugely successful bands. And then when somebody branches out, because obviously Jerry left yeah. early from the Spice Girls and she had her reasons and she had to do what she did. And it was a really difficult time for us, the four of us, but it was also a very difficult time for her. So I think about Jessie and I think about the other girls, you know, in Little Mix. And yeah, I, I just feel like I, you're right. I have this kind of like inside scoop on it. Not that I know what's going on personally for those guys. It's different, but, but I, the same. I can imagine, yeah, the heartache. Is a part of you like disappointed that another group hasn't come close to the bar you've set? Or may, honestly, the, the... hey, that's the most ridiculous question you've ever asked anyone. <laughs> you never want anyone to get <laughs> no. near like you, right? <laughs> but it's crazy, though, because so many have come yeah. and none have really lasted. Mm -hmm. And obviously, culture's different. The world is different. That's been the through line to this conversation. But at the same time, like One Direction from a imperfectly perfect standpoint really checked off some Spice Girls boxes. They were falling mm -hmm. all over the stage, messing up. Like, it was No great. dance moves. <laughs> they all wore different outfits. Uh -huh. And then time shifts. Yeah. And people go back to this perfection and, like, mm -hmm. you gotta look great. You have to have matching aesthetics. You have to have all these things. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just think it's really incredibly impressive that nobody has really even come close. Yeah, I, and again, you know what? I think it's, like, a really lucky accident. For us girls, you know, just everything came together. And I think because of the time and because of the message that we were compelled yeah. to have. And yeah, it was it was cultural as well as music. Totally. You know, it was a like you say, it's kind of it's a way of life. It really, it really is. <laughs> um, you know, we had a band in here the other day. They're a group called Why Don't We? And they're a, a boy group. They were formed together. Uh, by a management company and they came here and they detailed a, a bunch of insane abuses that they experienced as a group. I mean, being trapped in a house and there, there's a lock in the refrigerator and they have to ask permission what? for water and what? essentially being forced uh, eating disorders upon them. Crazy stuff. In, in, in a way, wow. similar to someone like Lou Pearlman as you look back in music history. Is that, like, that's sad, number one. Yeah. But number two, like, how do you, how were you able to insulate and kind of fight a label or fight a management company when you guys were doing this? Was there power in numbers? Like, oh were your parents around? You know what? Yeah, our parents, our families were really, really everywhere. Everywhere we went, we had our, not everywhere, but when we were on tour, our yeah. parents were with us a lot. You know, when we went out, when we did big things and movie premieres, all the, the big fun stuff, we wanted our families close by. But, you know, I mean... That and that's happening today. Today, within the last few years. That I am so shocked. But by the way, in in, in on a quest to achieve even zero point five percent of what the Spice Girls have achieved, they're willing to sacrifice people's mental wow. well being. You know, I think, oh gosh, so much of it is to do with who's looking after you. Yeah. You know, and and we got lucky. And nobody's perfect. And we were kind of muddling through, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing. And our manager who, you know, Simon Fuller, who was the manager that took us onto this huge success, you know, he had experience, you know, Annie Lennox is one of his artists and still is to this day. So obviously he has incredible um, experience, mm. but to have a band like the Spice Girls, he'd never done anything like that before. So it wasn't always perfect, but I think, because the five of us together were so strong and we kind of self-policed. So mm. we were so tight that anybody on the exterior had no chance. Mm. You know, they, they, yeah, they, they couldn't penetrate. You know, it was us five against the world. And we just really looked out for each other, supported each other. You know, sometimes we put, put maybe a little bit too much pressure on each other. Um, but we were never in a situation like that. And I think and that disgusts me. And I, I feel like getting on my high horse now because something that has upset me for a long time is young artists being taken care of in in many aspects, but primarily their, their mental health. You know, it's going out there, doing what artists do. If you're successful and you have this incredible life change, everybody treats you differently. You know, not only you, but everybody around you, your family get treated differently. And and I just have never felt like there's been enough support from labels and from management. Sure. But, you know, and it depends who it is, you know, because obviously there are people out there with, with much more empathy and, and caring souls, but there are obviously people out there who want to make money. Yeah, and they don't care. You're a commodity, you know? 
And what drives me crazy is that if you look after your artist, it's going to be better for everyone in the long run. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have a longer career. You're going to, you know, everyone's going to be happy and healthy. But people just are so short-sighted because, like you say, things move so quickly. That's it. And, 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 and they want to strike now. And everybody thinks there's a formula that you can just duplicate and shove these square pegs into round yeah. holes. And the bandwagoning constantly. Yes. Oh, that's successful, so let's all copy that. And it's like, you know, what, what was, you know, of course we had our influences, but there was nothing like the Spice Girls before the Spice Girls, right? So you've got to just be who you are. And, and artists need to be supported. Because they're so vulnerable. So many artists, creative people are so vulnerable. And, and if they're not supported, they're never going to be able to produce yeah, any sort of results. Exactly. you know, which benefits Everybody. everyone. <laughs> the rising tide floats all boats. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in these situations really do work together for each other. So by keeping, uh, keeping the primary creative uh, happy and safe and healthy makes everybody's life a lot easier. Please listen to Melanie C's uh, <laughs> album. Mel C, but Melanie C is the name of the album, first self-titled in all eight albums, it's a big deal. <laughs> Link in the description below, it is there for you. Uh, question, say you'll be there, is there a harmonica in that? What is that towards yes. the end of it? That is a harmonica. Yeah, it's a harmonica. I had yeah. no idea. Oh gosh, you gotta have a harmonica solo, right? No, I mean what? It's <laughs> <laughs> the last time I heard a harmonica solo on a pop record. Mm. Do you know, I, I think the reason why, especially me and Emma loved that so much is because we're huge Stevie Wonder fans. Oh, oh, cool. And of course, you know, Gosh. There's no one better. I thought to myself, like, maybe it's like a guitar or something, but no, it's a real it's a harmonica. It's a real, real-life harmonica. Did you tour with that, or was it track only? No, we didn't. That's a shame, isn't God, it? God, that would have given, I mean... Because I, loads of musicians can play harmonicas, right? Why didn't just, like, the keyboard player whip out the harmonica? Exactly. Why didn't I learn it? Wait, see? What? You still can. A new challenge <laughs> that you could have taken on. There's still time. But the truth is, like, yeah, I do wonder if there's, like, only one, like, uh, harmonica people, like... Do they just play the harmonica? Do they not play anything else? Like, can they really make a living just playing the harmonica? I have found that a lot of musicians also play the harmonica. Um, but I bet the the best, the creme de la creme, are harmonica only. They're purists. Wow. <laughs> you mentioned your daughter once or twice. Does she think it's cool that her mom's a Spice Girl or does that mean nothing to her? Um. Oh, gosh. She thinks it's cool when she gets to, like, be part of something huge, like mm-hmm. the Spice Girls tour. You know, I was cool for a few weeks when we were on tour, <laughs> right? And then I just went back to being the embarrassing mother. It's hard for her because she's at that age now where, yeah, she's she's making her place in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, she's coming into her teenage years. And I, I think it's kind of a blessing and a curse to have a famous parent, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But she's, she's pretty headstrong. She's cool. She'll be fine. But yeah, it, she's she likes me being a Spice Girl when it suits her. When she can benefit from it. Exactly. But, <laughs> but it is an energy that's always around, and I think the only way to really like deal with it is by parking it somewhere and separating the two, you know? Yeah, but you know what? I think she is proud. I think deep down, she yeah. is super proud. I mean... It's the Spice Girls. You know, I do have to say, you know, I thought it's the craziest thing ever when Billie Eilish thought that the Spice Girls were a fake band <laughs> just for the movie. I know, like, I love how that. How crazy was that? <laughs> I love those things. It's funny, isn't it, when you look back to your childhood and the things you were so certain were true <laughs> and then you find out they weren't. Um, but yeah, that was that was really fun. I've been lucky enough to meet Billie a couple of times. And um, I mean, what an artist. Yeah. She's so incredible, right? So to even here, because she's so young, really mm-hmm. too young to, to know the Spice Girls. So, um, yeah, it's lovely to hear that it's her crazy and used to watch it. Like people are still discovering you guys. You know what I mean? That's I also kind of crazy. It is. It really is. It's like, it feels like there's an age where you just, it's on the radar, yeah. right? And, and yeah, young kids are finding it all the time. But at the same time, Wannabe is like one of those songs where you may not know, the, like you just know the lyrics. It's like you're born <laughs> knowing the lyrics to Wannabe, right? I it's love like, that. It's just one of those songs. <laughs> there were so many songs like that. And you know what? No one's ever said that, but I feel immensely proud <laughs> if know. Wannabe is one of those. <laughs> yeah. By the way, your movie, which was the coolest thing ever, and again, another trailblazing thing that like goes on to show other artists that they can also make a movie. Yeah. $100 million. It made real quick. That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, like, what? Do you consider yourself like an actress after <laughs> that? Or is it really like a, you're just playing yourself? Oh, uh, you know what? I mean, I've I've just always loved being on stage. And, I, you know, I don't know if that was my best acting um, <laughs> debut. Um, I've done some theater as well, you know, so I do enjoy acting. But I'm just, I, I'm kind of like, I like to stay in my comfort zone. <laughs> 
Do you know what I mean? Totally. It's like it's so hard, right? I started DJing about three years ago, and it's so it's something I've always wanted to do, but I never had the courage to do it. And I had a few lessons, and I was like, you know what? I love this. I I totally want to go out and I want to do this. But as a Spice Girl. You can't just like do some like sneaky little clubs and oh, work your way up, no. you know, like your first gig, all highs are on you. So it's, it is quite scary taking on new challenges. So were you scratching? No, no, no. No, I'm not scratching. I'm mixing. I'm just, I mean, I'm a novice. I'm three years in, so I'm still learning all the technicalities, but I absolutely love it. Is your hope to take that into a production lane or what? Do you know what? I'd, lo I'd love to do remixes. That's kind of oh, next sick. on my list. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Gosh, new challenges. Yeah, you got to keep them coming, right? That's what makes life interesting. Yeah. It gets boring if not. <laughs> like, what's boring? Well, have any streaming services uh, approached you guys about a second Spice World movie? That's a good question. I think it, it's been talked about. I think it's been written about, but so many things are written about. Um, you know, personally for me, I feel like it's a really good time to explore a biopic. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that would be great. I mean, especially you know, after seeing Queens mm -hmm. one and Elton John um, in Rocketman was amazing. And I just thought, wow, I, I really feel like the Spice Girls story and music would would really work in that genre. That's cool. Who would you want to play you? Or would you want to play yourself? Um, I don't think, I, I don't want to see this face on a big screen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Someone once said Daisy Ridley to me. Okay. They thought she'd be a good sporty. Okay. But, um, yeah, maybe we should have, like, an open call and lots of people can come in. Leave, see a spice girl. leave suggestions in the comment <laughs> section below, please. Uh, Melanie C is the album, please. Link in the description below as well. And you're going to be going on a European tour starting January 2022. Yes, I am. Exciting. I'm, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited. So my record was released in November 2020. And, of course, I would have been out on the road not long after that. Of course, the world being the way it is. It's been postponed and, and moved to the beginning of next year. So I'm just like itching. You know, when you, you've got new music, you just want to get out there and play it to yeah, people. And it's been too long. So yeah, we did um, we did a live stream actually. We did the Colour and Light stream and that was on the launch of the album, which was fun. But I think, you know, being an artist is used to having people in front of you, like just speaking to a camera, I felt a bit of an idiot. Um, it was tough. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah, it's a different vibe. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing real people. So yeah, Europe, UK and Europe, Jan, Feb. And then I just want to do loads of live stuff next year. Once we can get back out there, you know, gigs are happening again now. And I think like all performance, I've just missed it so much. Dancing with the Stars, did you like it? Um, bits of it. It was... It's hard, right? Hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm sporty spice. You know, I'm fit, right? <laughs> but that is intense. Yeah. I have so much respect for people who do it. I have dancing experience. There's people on that show who've never danced. And they get out there week after week, and they do these really technical, difficult dances. And I'm like, whoa, it was, it was hard. Yeah, I was like... Can I just sing? <laughs> it stresses me out thinking about it because oh. the, the, the day's really long, right? It's, it's like so a 15 stressful. hour day. It's so stressful and seven days a week. Yeah. So I danced. So oh, I was no. working on the show. I think I was there for about seven weeks and I danced every single day. And then huh. you've got your interviews and your huh. camera blocking and your costume fittings and all of these different things. It, and then you've got your show day and it, yeah, and the adrenaline and it's, yeah, it's a marathon. And then it's a hard. lot of times you're like juggling your day job too while you're doing the dance rehearsals yeah. and. I mean, I kind of, left, I got a few weeks in before I did anything else um, because I'm like, I don't know how you guys are doing it. No, I, it's nuts. I, I'm like, in a, my palms are sweaty <laughs> thinking about it. Like, that's just too much for me. Like, it's really early, like 6 a.m. It's like rehearsing and all that you, shit. On a show day, yeah. I think, yeah, I, some of my call times were like maybe 7, but God. then you're there till like 9 o'clock at yeah, night. But then you, you have to rehearse because if you don't rehearse enough, then you will it up and then you look like a moron oh, but then man. the only way you keep your position on the show is by crying into the camera <laughs> right I, cry, I have never cried so much in my life see it's like the floodgates it was like yeah you got it and i don't know why Did it's you look so the lens? emotional give it to america <laughs> it was so funny right they they interviewed my mum one week like they did a Zoom interview back to the UK and she was up on the on the screen and, and Tara said, oh, do you have a message for your mum? And of course, I really miss my mum. You know, I've not seen her for months. And so I, I started to get a little bit emotional. <laughs> my dancer said to me, yeah, cry. It's okay to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to cry. 
cry. I've cried enough in rehearsals. I don't want to cry on live television. No, you need to. That's the trick. I, I, That's where it went wrong. I, yeah, I mean, maybe. Maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very honest right now. I, I very, like, over the last couple of years, I've watched friends do it. And I've thought, like, oh, maybe I'll throw my hat in this ring and try it out. Like, at least vie for a spot there. I've studied how people win. Okay? Uh-huh. It's tapping into the community you have at your disposal, no, how, no matter how big or small. Mm-hmm. And two, it's looking straight into that lens. Yeah. And you crying. If you do not cry, no. Uh, make so, people feel bad. No for offense. You? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. You have to cry. You have to. Do you know what? I wish I'd met you I, before going on the show. I, I wish you met me too. Never mind. God, it's okay. Next time. <laughs> don't, don't go back. Um, it's too hard. Uh, Melanie C., that is the album. Please listen. Link in the description below. Final thoughts? Yes. One last question. Yes. Do you guys, as the Spice Girls, want to do a big festival one day? Mm. <gasps> yes, we do. We would love to do Glastow, Glastonbury, yep. which is the biggest festival in the UK, and Coachella. Yeah, was right? Yeah, I'd love that. We'd all love that. Let's manifest that. Let's like, manifest that. Let's... And I'm seeing five people on stage. Oh, so am I. I am seeing yeah the full the full thing. Yeah, it's this this it, is happening. I'm feeling if it. If the Spice Girls want to do Glastonbury or Coachella, who's saying no though? Like other than maybe Victoria, she doesn't want to do it. But like who's saying no? I'm sure they would love you guys. You guys would love to be there. Oh right. Well. I mean, I think even Victoria might Ooh. be on board with those bad boys. But yeah, it's like let's get let's make what, this happen. What are we right? waiting for? Yeah, I, what are we waiting for? Mr. Coachella, hello. <laughs> Pick up the phone. <laughs> Thank you, Mel C. Sporty Spice, Melanie Chisholm. Hey, is that weird names. to hear that? <laughs> it does feel weird because it's that's like at that's, home me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's me in trouble at school me. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time and hanging out with us today. I have had a blast. Thank you so much. It's lovely to meet you. I mean, literally any time. And uh, my dream is to have all of you girls one day in our studio or in front of my face in any shape or form. Well, when we're playing Coachella, we'll pop in. Yes. Or you know what? I'll rent a giant house right next to the entrance and you can come over. We'll have a broadcast space. Sounds good. Because it will be historic. Please listen to the album. Melanie C. Listen. (laughs) Link in the description below. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, beautiful human, you made it through our conversation with Sporty Spice. I appreciate you. Subscribe to our podcast, please. Share it with those you care about, please. And let us know who we should talk to next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Reach out with any and all suggestions. And please, be safe. Hug your family if you can and don't go to jail. Have an amazing tomorrow. We'll be around. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Peace and love.